0: petersfield's shine radio hello dog lovers and welcome to another edition of dogs with jobs the podcast that celebrates the working dogs of the of the canine world i'm kate fairweather thank you for joining me and i think it's very worth your while this month well it is every month but uh, this month i've got a really interesting guest on she's called mabel And she is an emotional support worker at the Hampshire and Isle of Wight Fire Service. She's uh, interesting on a couple of levels. She's interesting because she is already working as an emotional support dog. And she's the first of her kind within our Hampshire Fire Service. And... That, of course, means that she's also interesting because of what she represents, which is a prototype for how such emotional support dogs could be used within a very structured hierarchical organisation like the fire service. So I've been really lucky and I'm delighted to welcome my interviewee today, uh, who's the chief fire officer, Neil Odin. And He's interesting on a number of counts. Firstly, because obviously as chief fire officer, he's got a real bird's eye view of the organisation and is quite strategic in how he's thinking about it and how things could look with uh, such dogs deployed in this way. But secondly, he grew up with working dogs and he's a proper Dog person who really gets it. And for that reason, I found him very interesting on all aspects of the difference that Mabel makes within the context of fire headquarters if that's the right expression, <laughs> how she's deployed and, um, and and how they also think about the well-being of the dogs, because that's very much part of the thinking when it comes to bringing in something on a structural level in this way. So I hope you find it as interesting as I did. So let's go. So here we are sitting in the car on a rainy day. <laughs> we were going to um, record this, weren't we, Neil, on Harting top just outside petersfield but the rain has been against it so we've retreated to the car <laughs> i'm with neil odin who is chief fire officer of the hampshire and isle of Wight fire service oh, yeah, right. so i kind of feel we've got a bit of authority this uh, month on dogs <laughs> with jobs and we've just been having a walk with your absolutely gorgeous dog mabel oh thank you tell us about her
1: uh, she's lovely. So she's uh, about two years and three months old now. Mm-hmm. She's a cockapoo, um, F1. Uh, so she's a direct descendant of a, uh, of a cocker spaniel and a, and a poodle and has the requisite um, attitude that goes with those, uh, those particular roles. Uh, so she's um, brown, very fluffy, and uh, tends to um, stop everyone in the street to you know, have a little cuddle <laughs> with her and one of those sort of dogs. So she was you know, almost uh, lined up immediately when we got her for... Uh, doing some welfare work just one of those natural dogs that uh, love to just stop and talk to people and, and
0: were you thinking about welfare before you got huh? what what was the context because yeah, that a... was presumably the pandemic yeah
1: it, it was and, and, and i don't like the phrase lockdown dogs like you know, we had nothing else to do but uh, you know certainly I, I personally was finding myself busy with uh, covid and lots, lots of my other colleagues across the emergency services and um, it really was about welfare for the family. Um, you know, and, and Mabel's belongs to my family, uh, but we decided that so would be useful if, if she could also lend a, a support to the service as well, and like I do. So um, we thought we'd give that a go. Uh, looked into the kind of the kind of temperament required for that sort of dog. Very clearly calm, and very clearly um, uh, very very easy in in, in uh, around people, and I particularly found. Ironically, through no training of her own, actually. She was drawn to people who were upset or, or were in difficulty in some way emotionally.
0: And did you notice that in contrast to other dogs that you'd had? I've
1: grown up with sort of gun dogs, grown up with those other you know, dogs, pets and you know, that sort of thing. And Mabel particularly was is, is drawn to humans in a way that I've not seen before. I'm very interested in, in their kind of temperament. Um, she, some people she'll, she'll step back from. Um, and I wonder whether at first it was to tall people because I'm, I'm not tall myself uh, she wasn't used to it but it wasn't that at all so whether she senses something else going on for them um, but she won't step back in an aggressive way or scared way she just steps back and allows them to go past her other people she'll, she'll walk straight up to and, and interact with uh, almost like she knows who's up for an interaction who's not uh, a couple of times early on we had, she was just at work with me, uh, just I thought that'd be useful to sort of break the difficult phrase we'd all been through with uh, COVID. Uh, I think it'd be nice to have a dog around, actually. Uh, at work? At work, yeah, in headquarters. And uh, My headquarters is shared with uh, policing and the uh, integrated care system, so health system. And so the three senior teams will work together in headquarters. So she became quite a, a character there. Uh, and uh, quite quickly, she, she was she was being drawn and drawn to people in that building, and uh, we realised there was something going on here, and really, really good at what she was doing. So, um, a couple of really key events she was used for um, some safeguarding issues where people were being safeguarded, and uh, we we've sort of literally. But maybe in the Ugh. room with uh, the individual that was having some difficulties.
0: With um, safeguarding, you would mean like a minor, a child? Those no, sorts no, of things, so or... an
1: adult with some sort of difficult circumstances with their own personal lives. Okay. Um, and so obviously deeply distressed about what's going on. We have a very clear safeguarding arrangement in the organisation, like police do, like health services do, where someone may be uh, you know, having some difficulty in their own lives because um, mm. clearly it affects their, their work. Um, and so, uh, Mabel's we'll used for that. Equally for for difficulty uh, where crews have been to difficult incidents, uh, and she's been on fire stations where she's sat with the crew, um, and roughly toughly firefighters, uh, men and women, uh, you know, are very very softened by a dog. So it's been lovely to see her do that, uh, and as her sort of. That was develops. one of
0: the things I was going to ask mm. actually, because. She's, she's pretty, I mean isn't she? She's yeah, beautiful, yes, <laughs> yes. she's got this gorgeous curly kind of ringlety fur that anyone with a cockapoo would recognise, <laughs> yeah. but um, she's, she's not a macho looking dog, so mm. do you find that your colleagues in the fire service are totally comfortable
1: yeah. chilling with her? You, you'll know dogs and, and people around dogs, Most if people love dogs they love dogs, whatever dog you've got. Uh, whereas um, Mabel seems to draw the eye and attention of even people who don't really you know affiliate with dogs. So she, on a fire station, she will melt most hearts, if not all. And uh, you know, they all have time. I recently did a, did a bit of a briefing. Uh, one of the fire stations, she came along with me. It just breaks the ice, uh, you know, particularly with the kind of uh, the hierarchy system. Having a dog because it is about, quite
0: hierarchical, isn't it? The yeah. fire service, like any of the, the yes, yes, I mean, services.
1: We have a you know, we have a very. Open culture, conversation culture, but uh, as you'd imagine, when it comes to the getting on with things, it's uh, you know we have to really have a clear command structure and systems. Um, so the, the the doc helps the day by day stuff, and, and Mabel's very good at just providing an interface for me, so I can have a different conversation with people that I wouldn't normally get. So the in, you know running my organisation. I get an insight into things I wouldn't, wouldn't normally get because we get talking about Mabel, we get talking about maybe their dogs or if they've got pets, mm-hmm. uh, and then we can have a conversation we wouldn't have had. If I just walked up to someone at a desk and said, how are you doing? I suspect they may wonder why I'm asking. Um, whereas yeah. we talk about Mabel, we have, you know, Mabel will have a bit of fun with them, and we just talking about things. So I'm, I'm able to get insights into my organisation that I wouldn't have got normally. So it's much more than welfare, much more than... Uh, you know that making psychological safety it's its actually creating a different type of conversation
0: yes within the organization as a mm. whole
1: mm, yes
0: what does a typical day look like for Mabel do you take her into work often
1: mm. so Mabel <coughs> comes with me uh, once a week um, at least but normally once a week um, where she because I'm always conscious of, of you know I have a difficult job to do uh, and I meet lots of people um, but mostly um Mabel's a very a big asset in those meetings. Um, but sometimes I have to go to London which clearly wouldn't work. Um I meet MPs and various other things and that's uh, that's much harder uh, challenge to, for, for a dog to be in in tow. But where things are in the headquarters or in, in my fire stations then then we can very much, you know, make that part of, of the conversation and the, and the visit. Um, and certainly we've had some, um, you know, my own elected members who who run the fire authorities, 11 of them across Hampshire, Isle of white. They know Mabel well, and uh, she goes and see them during the council meetings. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a day at work, is a day at work for her. She's very much you know, doing the uh, duties around the building and seeing people. My, uh, and my executive assistant is fantastic at uh, looking after her as well. When I'm in meetings, she'll be taken off to see other people. So I don't often know what she's been up to some days. Um, but
0: And does she enjoy coming to work with you?
1: Oh, she loves it. So she has, uh, we have a bit of a joke in my house, it's called Nino work, as you'd expect. <laughs> uh, so we kind of say it's a Nino work day and you can see her react to that. And she has a different harness at work. She has a red harness which says uh, Fire and Rescue Canine uh, Welfare Support. Okay. Uh, and she only wears that to work. Uh, so she knows when she's going into work she's got that. Uh, she have a similar harness, but it's black when she's not
0: at work. So, so clear demarcation. Yeah, between work and yeah, work. and she's
1: certainly, and of course, she gets into my car, you know, in, into, the, uh, into the into the into uh, the dog container, and so she knows she's going to work. And um, when she gets there, she knows a bit of a routine about so how she, you know, the space she goes to to you know, sort yeah. herself out before we go to work. And,
0: and is that for her benefit? You've yeah. worked out her comfort. And yes,
1: yeah, yeah, because it, it's very easy to take. I think a uh, Mabel or any other dog into a workplace and assume they're going to fit in somehow yes. so we've had to do some adjustments I'm always really conscious, clearly I'm at work clearly, you know, uh, it, it, she's my my dog although she has a role in, in the fire in the service um, but I'm conscious that uh, I mustn't abuse that position and so she has to have, add value yes. if, she became, uh, uh, moment, uh, if she became difficult and all dogs have their moments, don't they? if she became difficult Then, clearly, I couldn't do what I do. But she's incredibly well-behaved and well-supported by people. Um.
0: And one day a week, one-seventh of her time, Mm. it's... That's not huge, is
1: no. it? No, no. And she, the good thing about, I think, how she responds, and some dogs are good at this and some aren't, is variation doesn't worry her too much. So yeah. you can have that one one in seven. She may come in more depending on what happens, but certainly if I have like weekend events, certainly in the summer that happens, we'll go down to, say, to my nine or nine days or something, I'll take her there, uh, or some of the public events, I'll take her there. Yeah. So she gets more exposure to people, because that's key.
0: And how much is she your dog? so I mean, obviously at work she's sticking to you like glue i'm guessing yeah i
1: mean i said that she will happily sit with other. and it's one of the things we wanted to make sure of her anxiety so whilst she doesn't like being away uh from me she she doesn't run off into the woods and disappear forever uh she, <laughs> but she um at work she will happily sit in a room with somebody else when i'm not there um and she'll be stroked and she'll be you yeah. know she'll be loved and do it do her bit uh, so that's the test really around the anxiety levels. You can leave in a room and she doesn't pine at the door, she doesn't scrape at the door. She'll sit where you told her to sit. Um, so she's good. She's quite confident dog in that regard mm-hmm. i come back in the room though she's very excited to see me and she's like like i've been away for weeks something sort of so um we recently went uh, away actually and uh, she was with my executive assistant for three weeks uh, so um which was a bit of a test really but it's like we've never been away she was very excited to see us but you know no problem at all so very adaptable dog which yeah. uh, i'm really really thrilled about actually and i think that's the confidence she's got
0: yes are there breed characteristics as well? Do you think with cockapoo that make her appropriate, or is it more her personality?
1: Well, I think the, the cockapoo breed definitely draws the eye of people. And of course, all dogs are beautiful, but uh, you know the cockapoos I think tend to you know be be attractive to some people. And they go, but, like as you said earlier, the, the sort of fluffiness of them. But I think you know when I speak to people who have got cockapoos, in fact, her sisters we we stay in touch with all the people who own the litter that she was from. And uh, she's quite unusual. So, in, in a sense, compared to them, they, you know, one of them can be a little bit barky and, and sort of territorial. Other one does like to kind of disappear into the distance and uh, you know, never to be seen again, type of thing. But uh, so she's uh, she seems to be quite well mannered in, in terms of the, her litter. So, and I, I, whether that's luck or or, or or environment, I don't know. But we we've tried to make sure she feels confident and supported.
0: Why did you pick her when you saw the litter? Mm. What was it about her? A really
1: good question. My daughter did actually, and uh, she. Um, my youngest, who is a, a very kind of um, emotionally centred individual, and uh, she said, no, "It's this one," uh, and she just knew. And I think, because the way she'd picked her up and the way she was responding, so we went with her and said, "Okay, that's who you think which one?" Of them. And they all looked beautiful. You know, my, my partner certainly preferred one of them, who who was the um, smallest of the litter. But so uh, we decided an inn for Mabel and, uh, I don't know, they're all beautiful, of course, all lovely. But, uh, you know, of course, he wouldn't look back now as he chose Mabel.
0: Yeah, I must say, you can't really say that any one of them no, isn't I mean, beautiful no, as a quite. six-week-old cockapoo oh, puppy, can you? yeah, they're
1: all so cute. And, in yeah. fact, choosing between one of them is hard, you know. Yeah. I had a horrible feeling I'd be leaving with two or three
0: for a while. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so now, Neil, I mean, she's still quite young. Mm, I mean, yes, she's she only just two, and I think of dogs really as hitting their prime at four. Yeah. So she's doing pretty well already. Yes. But it sounds as though she's playing to her strengths if she's very attracted to people. Is that how it feels?
1: Yes, it does. And and we, we've t- talked about doing sort of more formal qualifications and and, uh, and that's partly why we were talking about, um, you know, uh, maybe work in schools and that sort of stuff. Mm. Clearly that carries more risk if things go wrong. Uh, So we we decided to to back away from that part.
0: Because your wife works in schools, (laughs) your partner works in schools. So you've you've got a kind of knowledge, haven't you, on how dogs might be contributing to well-being in other environments.
1: Yeah, and so my service, we have a number of... Canines we use for various different functions.
0: Talk us through what what yeah, other dogs sure, are sure. there in the fire service. So
1: primarily, we actually have uh, fire investigation dogs. They, they, they we had
0: Louis brilliant. on so dogs with jobs so last lovely. year. They're yeah. so
1: good, and, and uh, the, their their skills and ability to find uh, hydrocarbons and petroleum it's just amazing, and, and certainly the. the Police force really values you know, that contribution they make. They, they, they turn on the head of a lot of investigations when it comes to fire damage. Um, so we have, have those um, search and rescue dogs. Currently, we don't have a search and rescue dog, although we have a space for a search and rescue dog, dog which is around uh, collapsed buildings. And is that urban search and rescue? Yeah. yeah. So they happen, they're, they're an international resource. We um, have a space and a handler, but uh, we are looking to sort of recruit a new uh, pup in that space. Um, so there's, that's the other uh, type of dog, and of course now the welfare uh, sort of. The, and Mabel's the first welfare. We've got um, some other fire rescue services have them. Avon has one. I think there's one in Scotland, and they're starting to kind of occur now. So
0: this is a kind of new strategic move, then. Yeah.
1: Yeah, emotional seemed,
0: support actually as a as a thing within the structure of the fire service.
1: Yeah, yeah, and some of your listeners may have heard stories about all sorts of you know cultural challenges in fire services. So for me, it was like
0: what? Uh,
1: so in London Fire Brigade, for example, there was a recent report on the Fire Brigade being quite of and and you know the culture is not perhaps fitting for uh, or some like women or, or ethnic minorities were finding it difficult to mm. to thrive there. Um, now uh, I think that probably exists in, in lots of fire rescue services. It's a, it's a it has um, a, a rather traditional white male feel to it in places. I'm pleased to say mine's changing enormously. We've got to, every intake we now, we have at least 50% women. Now, that's changing and our ethnic minority numbers are changing. Now, that's fine. But, of course, when people of difference come into organisation, you need to make sure they can thrive and, and be themselves. And so things like uh, welfare or psychological conversations didn't used to happen. When I joined 31 years ago now, sadly, um, (laughs) I suddenly feel very old. But, uh, you know, we just wouldn't have those conversations. You know, you had a cup of tea and you sort of laughed it off. That's what you did. And you got on with it. And if someone was being... Silly or seen something awful in in the course of their duties, you had a cup of tea. That's what you did. Or um, possibly
0: a laugh because sometimes that can release the pressure. Yeah, yeah. A a lot of doctors would say that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's it's getting by the here and now, the moment in time, because you've still got a job to do that day. But we found that we needed to do a lot more work on understanding feelings and emotions. And, and, and so it's now an organisation which is much more focused on that. So for my part as the Chief Officer, having a dog starts to break down some of those barriers. It starts to start a different conversation that I can have.
0: And it sounds as though, in effect, you're piloting something within the Hampshire Fire Service. Mm. And it sounds as though it's going quite well.
1: Yes, I'm delighted. I mean, one, Mabel's sort of fitting the bill, and, and I'd be the first to take her out of, of sort of active service if it wasn't working, because mm. um, there's other ways you can get, you know, your dog looked after, and I don't, yeah. need, don't need that, but I, I do think she serves as an important purpose, multifaceted purpose, really, and she's enjoying it, which is quite key.
0: Yes. Can you imagine more emotional support dogs yeah. working day-to-day within the Hampshire Fire Service?
1: I certainly can. And uh, certainly people come to me and "Is there any chance I could you know, I could think about my dog. And I've said, look, let's have a conversation. And we're certainly going through the process of, of things like insurance and policies and that sort of thing. And w- what training are we going to give? Or w- what, what uh, you know, licensing are we going to do? You know? I was going
0: to ask. Because, of mm. course, with your search and rescue or your fire investigation, there are yeah. very distinct Exams, yeah, for want of a better word, a aren't
1: there?
0: Yeah. How how do you look at suitability for emotional support?
1: Yeah, and I, I, that's why I've I've <laughs> sort of read up on, on things. There are some you may know more than I, but there were certainly some some loosely um, sort of described uh, standards. But it's quite an emerging field, I think it's very to yeah. say. And, and so I. Uh, we as a service are looking around what other um, sectors are doing, particularly yeah. in, with your own children and those sorts of things. Uh, I guess that's the you know, your worst case scenario: if something goes wrong and there's a child involved. But clearly, I'd also don't want able to co- you know, bite one of my people because that would be, you know, that'd be a bad no. And you've
0: course. also got her well being and support, sure. haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. All a um, the more,
0: you know, the more um, codified in a way yeah. that use of dogs in organisations becomes the more you also have the welfare of the dogs think about as yeah. well as the welfare of the people.
1: Yeah, sure. So what I was most interested in on that first stage well, before I took in was this anxiety thing, which is one of the key tests they do. It's kind of almost first gateway. So uh, I did that with her, and uh, you know, that, that's absolutely fine. What
0: did, what did that entail?
1: So essentially it's, it's into a room. You, you sit the dog down and make sure that they can tolerate you not being around. So you leave them okay. there, and so they can, their behaviour is um, you know, calm. I'm worried um, and I'm concerned and she's certainly very good at that. She's a very sort of calm individual as, mm. as a dog. So, but I will, you know, that's something we're we'll going bring more in and, and Mabel do it herself. As you say, she's young enough to do this. We'll, we'll explore, um, you know, what that looks like so that we can protect the dogs and we can protect the workforce to make sure that uh, they, they do the job they're there to do.
0: And I, I guess at the moment, Mabel is... She's kind of hybrid a little yeah. bit, half your dog mm. and yeah, helping yeah. you in many ways in yeah. your job and then also bringing her doggy superpowers into the organisation as a whole. Yeah. So moving forward away from the pilot and mm. maybe towards a more widespread... Yeah. use of emotional support dogs i guess that's a bit of strategic thinking for you isn't it it is
1: yeah and i always think my job is to kind of break new ice for the organization mm. i'm kind of you know head of the organization trying to find new ways of doing things and yes i could ask someone else to get a dog and see what we can do with this but i thought well actually i'd rather do this uh, myself and see because as a chief officer you know sometimes you can you can cast a long shadow and and sometimes not really realize what your shadow doing uh, but I wanted to use my shadow positively to say, look, you know, this is different. It's okay. It's new. And yes, you've got some detractors, of course. Um, think that the chief just wants to bring his dog to work. And um, but actually, it's about you know, it's broader than that. So I can I can live with the uh, the detractors. But you know, over time, we'll see you know the impact, positive impact on that. Certainly, anyone she's been with and the conversations we've had. Uh, And certainly talking to the people that she's been to see, they want to see her back, and um, they don't have to say that. You know, they could just not say anything, Uh, but it's turned quite the opposite way. So,
0: and when you said earlier that you'd used her in a couple of situations, Mm -hmm. does that mean you are with her, or is that where she's gone into a situation?
1: Both actually. So, so she can be deployed by um, my executive assistant as well, who's got great experience of dog handling herself. So, and she loves her. Yeah. A bit so, so she's very trusting of, of her, and and so that couple of things have been deployed. She comes into my room and says, I, I need Mabel. I go, okay, <laughs> off she goes, and she's been deployed into spaces there um, where people need. You know, need a bit of support, uh, and so that's that's been great because I know she can do it without me, and it doesn't need me around. Other times, I've just I'm going to somewhere, and I, I've thought, well, I'll take Mabel with me because that could be helpful yeah. for the conversation, and, and certainly a, a sort of post incident. I've been on fire stations occasionally. I pop to fire stations to make sure everyone's okay if they've had a tough time. Can't be everywhere, but I try to do that, and if I do, I'll take Mabel because that gives us extra angle.
0: It's fascinating, isn't it? Though, because there's a lot of discretion here, mm. like like. I've spoken in the past to um, a police dog handler, for example, and obviously in the police, as you'll know, and with fire investigation Mm. jobs in your service, it's another tool in the box. So you have, it's part of a toolkit, really, Mm. whereas it's a bit different, isn't it? It's more discretionary. Do you find yourself thinking... Will it help if I take Mabel? Yes, I'll take Mabel. Or? Yeah,
1: too, yeah I, I, I've likened it a bit like, again, for me, I think it's a leadership tool. Uh, it's another tool in my box mm-hmm. as a leader to say, how, how do I best uh, ensure the best conversations I had in this space? Because my job is to have the right conversations with the right people. Um, and if Mabel can be an assistance in that space. Um, where, because um, clearly as a chief officer, I can't get involved in every single individual's you know, Emotional yeah. uh, situation, but if Mabel can help bear as well, then it, so much goes unsaid, doesn't it? When you when you're having an interaction with a dog, you know we know your your blood pressure reduces, we know your heart rate reduces, mm-hmm. so all those positive things. So I've certainly found in the conversations I've had that it's been just it's been, it's taken off the tension of the conversation which could be there. Um, I have a number of conversations with union leaders of course and uh, they love to see mobile as well so it's going kind to of be even those of things we can have a bit of fun in a room while we're having quite difficult conversations about you know workforce change or, or potential strikes and those sorts of things so yeah. it's, it's serious serious conversations but, but helped by a fantastic you know, tool in a room who's fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And what does the future hold, do you think, at the moment? You're, you're a couple of years in with her. Mm, well, How that, do you see it developing? Yeah, and
1: I'd love to fact, I'd, I'd love to perhaps help set the national standard for welfare dogs and farm rescue service. I think, you know, we can learn a lot from others, um, and I'd love to be doing that. So I'm, I'm certainly... Uh, I'll work with the National Fire Chiefs Council for a number of other roles I do, and I'll probably be using that sort of forum to try and drive some standards for, for welfare dogs across uh, farm rescue service. Again, some would still see it as a bit of a... You know, perhaps a distraction or or a gimmick. I'm not in that school at all. I think there's plenty of evidence around for that uh, that shows they work. So I've just got to work out how the best way of positioning it, policy-wise. As you can imagine, you know, there's lots of people, you know, on social media will look at what happens in public services and say, gosh, you know, that's fantastic. And sometimes people have different views um, because they've just reached a conclusion on what they've seen. So I want to make sure it lands well, um, you know, and even interviews like this help people's understanding about what the roles are.
0: Um, Is there an analogy to be made with welfare dogs in other services, like within the police, for example?
1: Mm. Yes, I think there are. I mean, certainly I know that the Hampshire Constabulary has brought in welfare uh, dogs now, and you've got the um, various organisations that run... Uh, welfare support systems mm. so it's not uh, it's not unheard of which is great because you know it's not wacky so far as <laughs> people think you've gone you've lost your life it
0: sounds quite organic though mm. I mean it sounds as though your work with Mabel has happened mm. in quite an organic way yeah, if she yeah. didn't look like she was interested in people you probably no. wouldn't have decided to take her into work <laughs> no, no, no. so it, it, there's a kind of natural yeah. sort of organic process going on yeah. isn't there
1: I always think um, all of for, for my organisation, the opportunities we've taken strategically are often because there's been an opportunity. Mm. You know, the farm rescue service is one of the service that uh, that uh, is there as a last resort for lots of things. Um, from my teams doing vaccinations during COVID, and because there was an opportunity and need. So these things, like Mabel coming along at the time, she did. Was a, there was an opportunity and need, mm. and I happened to have a tool that, that seemed to fit the gap. So that, um, and that actually, been very helpful. props
0: to you for trying it, because n- nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah, yeah, really, quite, you know. Quite.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm always really happy to sort of push past the frontiers and go. Let's give this a go. Mm. Uh, And probably the only thing that would stop this either Mabel wasn't enjoying herself. Uh, or, or some form of, of, of strong opinion which became political. You know mm. that that's an of thing which can drive our decisions, because mm. it's not seen as you know very good use of money or time. Mm. Um, so yeah, I run, a, I run a relatively big fire rescue service. Almost well, how big a, is it? Give
0: me a sense so of scale.
1: Two thousand people. It's a, it's a, it's a budget of around ninety-two million pounds. So and it's it's so uh, we look after two million population. So it's uh, it's a large. It's one of the largest non-metropolitan fire services. Um, right. So of course. Or, you know, people will draw their own conclusions whether the chief officer should have time to be taking his dog to work but uh, actually I think it's um, my role as a leader of, of, of all those people is much broader than managing them. It's mm. setting examples. It's pushing frontiers. It's it's, it's carving out a you know, potential safe environment for them to thrive in, and that's something I've always been very keen on as a leader. And, and Mabel's absolutely assisting me do that.
0: So interesting. <laughs> no, mm. it's interesting. Sort of, it's structurally interesting mm. because all organisations change over time, yeah, don't yeah. they? And over the last couple of years, there's been such an upsurge in dog ownership. Mm and you know i can't help noticing i go out for a coffee in my local market town petersfield and yeah. everywhere except dogs that was not so 5 years ago mm. definitely not 10 years ago yeah, yeah. so it's almost as though you know dogs are finding their way into hey, you're right most areas of life leisure and why not work
1: mm. I mean, our control room where the 999 calls come into, uh, for Mabel's first outing in there, she decided to bark when she went in there. No idea why. It makes no sense. She doesn't bark anyone. Um, Of course, it's a room where they're taking 999 calls so I quickly whiz her out. Uh, But, you know, that that was, again, it was breaking a taboo. You know, unless you're Big sign on the door: unless authorized, do you not know, enter." Top it's kind of one of those sort of sacred places, almost. Um, and you know, the chief took a dog in, uh, but you know, breaking barriers didn't work that time. But that's fine. We can, we can, we can do something different next time. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, and of course, everyone forgave me, and it was fine. So it's pretty important that I do this and, and break those barriers. Because even how many cafes let dogs in nowadays? There was hardly any before. You know, you'd know, you be almost daft not to nowadays, wouldn't you? Because you'd lose most of your clientele. Yeah. So uh, things are changing and why wouldn't workplaces change also? And uh, yes, you can't have a massive um, kennel club running in your organisation. But for well-behaved dogs, it makes sense. Really, yeah. And
0: there's there. going to be a balance, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, for sure. There's going to be a point at which it's just... Hitting the right yeah. note.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Neil, thank you. It's oh. been an absolute joy thank and you. lovely, lovely to meet Mabel. <laughs> oh, sure. Sorry we've ended up too. sitting in the car. I thought we'd be sitting on top of a hill <laughs> recording this, looking down over Harting Dam. But um thank you. It's been You're great. very
1: welcome. Great to speak to you.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. I found it unexpectedly riveting because uh, thinking about how such structural changes could happen and how dogs could make an appearance right through our workplaces is very exciting and very contemporary as well. I think that with the rise of mental health crises a couple of years after the pandemic, aren't we, there's so many ways in which our relationships with dogs um, benefit us and our mental health. But if some of that can be harnessed in a healthy and appropriate and, you know, strategic way within such organisations that uh, obviously touch so many others, because uh, the emergency services do, don't they? It could be very exciting. So I was chopped to pieces with that. So next month, I'm looking forward to introducing you to an amazing truffle hound, really rare breeds to see in the UK. Uh, They are uh, bred very much and associated very much with truffle hunting in Italy, um, an Italian breed. And um, I'm meeting the two of them, Giggly, who's a beautiful dark brown hound, and uh, Tobacco, who rather counterintuitively is a sort of pale kind of Palomino color. And uh, they'll be featuring in the March edition. In the meantime, have a fantastic month. Um, Please do keep the introductions coming. I absolutely love some of the interviewees I've got lined up for this year. And it's very exciting uh, to hear feedback. So keep it coming. I'll be uploading photographs on the website page, which is shineradio.uk forward slash dogswithjobs. And uh, all feedback, any feedback is most welcome. Until next month. Have a great month. Dogs with Jobs, presented by Kate Fairweather and produced with John Wellsman A local job in care could earn you up to £39,000 a year. Join us at the Signature Recruitment Fair in Hindhead to find out more about jobs in care, hospitality and catering. We'll be at Signature at Morelands on Friday the 10th and Saturday the 11th of February. Visit us in person or apply online at wakeuptobetter.com. Salary based on a 48-hour week at £16 an hour.